Hi, everybody. Uh, this is John Yeager with Bennett Thrasher. Welcome to the next episode of Think Business. I'm excited today to have Bruce Belvin, CEO and founder of One Data Source. Um, Bruce, welcome. Hey, John. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. So the 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 trivia point I have with Bruce is he's probably the last person that I saw in a business capacity before the pandemic. Um, we were uh, in Charleston um, at your conference, and um, kind of that's when everything broke loose, and everybody told us to go into quarantine. And I came home from there, and my wife put me into the basement for two weeks in quarantine, and uh, I haven't really seen anybody since, other than through Zoom meetings. So uh, um, that that's kind of your claim to fame in my world. I don't know. That's kind of infamous instead of famous. <laughs> hopefully, the other attendees don't uh, don't hold me. Uh, responsible for for what's happened but i didn't think about that that's uh that's kind of funny yeah it is it was it was really kind of amazing i uh you know obviously we started hearing the news uh, we heard it a little bit the week before but then it really kind of it really kind of came out that week and so i remember driving home and my wife was uh she was pretty worried um and uh so but fortunately i'm you know um, i think we all were healthy and safe so uh no issues there so but again uh welcome um give me a a little bit of intro into one data source and the market you serve and kind of the services you provide and, and those kind of things, if you don't mind. Sure, sure, John. So we uh, were founded about 15 years ago um, and have grown over the time to support about 30 national and major regional uh, QSR brands. And that's around 8,000 QSR restaurants. So anytime you're, you're traveling the country and you see yeah, one of the, one of the big brands that you know. We're uh, we're probably collecting data and moving that data for accounting functionality, operationals, business intelligence, uh, integration with HR, payroll systems. We're integrated with banks uh, to aid in automated um, deposit reconciliations. So really, any data that's associated with QSR res uh, restaurants, uh, regardless of the source is kind of in our domain and, and passing through our hands to facilitate efficiencies for uh, for our clients. And you have really two kind of key products. One is the OneView, which is, you know, the technology data interface, data integration reporting, and then OnePay, which is your AP automation tools. I, I think that's correct, right? Yes, exactly. And we just rolled out, uh, OneView is the original product and it's evolved tremendously, as you can imagine, with technology over the last decade. And then OnePay we released just a couple of years ago as an automated accounts payable application. And we're really excited about that application and the adoption we've seen in QSR. Uh, and most recently uh, added the payments capability to it to execute check and ACH uh, payments for our clients. So really happy with that application and, and uh, expanding a bit in our company. That's awesome. So I know you and I've had a few conversations here and there about uh, about the business and what it looks like, especially coming out of the pandemic, but even some of the other trends that were already kind of occurring. What do you do? You, you have two or three kind of themes that you're seeing uh, out there that are affecting the market that you serve? Yeah, you know, it was really kind of quiet for the first month or so after all this started. I think everyone was just trying to get their legs under them and figure out you know, where things were going. Um, but once everybody started, you know, coming out of that uh, little time frame, 
they've really begun to focus on uh, you know efficiencies, communication. You know, the restaurants, while their field operators have been remote, you know, all the time, you know, they're looking at more. You know, how do we become efficient in the office? How do we reduce some GNA? And so the interest in technology, um, updating systems, standardizing systems has really gained um, a lot of interest, especially over the last 30 to 45 days. And then, you know, growth, uh, you know, restaurant companies are doing better than they expected in the QSR space by far. Third-party deliveries certainly played a, a big role in that. Um, and then, you know, what it's showing is that QSR really can withstand, you know, downturns in the economy and, and you know, something scary like this. And um, a lot of the investors were seeing a lot more interest from private equity and private equity that was already in QSR um, seems to be more aggressive with their plans, you know, when things open up and deals start happening again. Um, sounds like they're going to be a lot more aggressive than they were uh, before. So, you know, standardizing systems, having everything in place to support that scale uh, is, is really, you know, top of mind for them right now. Gotcha. So when private equity money comes into the space, and you've obviously seen a lot of that with transaction flow and, and merger acquisition activity, um, what generally happens? I mean, is there a need to really kind of update your technology to go from like a QuickBooks maybe to an enterprise system and and use your reporting to give the investors a better sense of what's happening financially? What, what kind of what kind of things do you typically see a, a QSR restaurant have to go through to meet the needs of their institutional investors? You know, there, there really seems to be a trend of, of outsourcing um, those administrative functions, HR and payroll, um, so they can really focus on growth and under and you know taking control of operations. Some of the PE groups aren't uh, traditionally from restaurants, so they're new to the vertical. And rightly, they just want to focus on getting the business right and let someone else handle all the all the back office piece. So I, I think that yeah, we've seen that trend, and I think we're going to continue seeing that trend, where you know a big piece is finding the right resources prior to acquisition or prior to additional acquisitions, um, so they can continue to focus on operations, their their people and their customers, and so I think we'll see that continue. And, you know, the technology piece, you know, becomes more and more important to them because uh, they need really stable vendors who, who can grow with them uh, and provide the higher level of detail that they're interested in than, you know, we see from some of the operators that have been around, you know, 10 or 20 years. There's just more of a hunger for data uh, in, the, in the newer group of investors. Gotcha. So um, when, when a company... You've obviously had some clients that have gone through this, um, um, and they've moved on to technology and process. Are there are there certain um, key metrics that they tend to want to look at? Um, they come to you to say, "Hey, can you make one view do this and kind of show us this level of metric or this informational flow? You know, this information piece of information." Is, is there is there some that you've kind of seen across that maybe can give our our viewers some insight into what things they need to be start, start thinking about measuring? Yeah, the, there's, there's certainly a much higher level of attention to labor based on, you know, day parts, um, not just overall labor, 
by you know crew and management, for example, which is kind of where people focused in the past. They're really looking at, at individual day parts and where can they leverage labor during their day parts, whether that's adding labor to increase revenue and take advantage of, of you know, car counts that are in drive-throughs or delivery. Um, so seeing a lot more focus on, on labor. Food cost really hasn't changed. It's kind of the same as, as always has been. Um, and then there's a lot more interest in uh, data that can support marketing outreach. So looking at um, you know, what can they possibly do to increase traffic, to increase you know, frequency where you have uh, a brand, you know, a lot of delivery brands and pizza, for example, you know, they know who their customers are, they know how to contact their customers. And so we can look into the detail and figure out you know, who's ordering more frequently, what do they order when they order more frequently. So there, there's a, a higher level of detail around menu mix, sales mix, you know, what's going on with their product and price points to, uh, to support the revenue right now. So really, you know, people in inventory uh, trying to get a better, more efficient use of, of both, right? So if they're uh, with their people, if they can schedule people better and have, you know, have more predictive analysis of, I need five people this shift, but only two people this shift because of, of historical trends, then obviously that helps them you know, from a efficiency standpoint. And then I would think on the inventory side, um, if they can understand what's selling and, and, um, and what they're gonna be marketing to, they can be better prepared from an inventory standpoint to have the right ingredients on hand. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, early in the, in the COVID era, you know, a lot of brands were worried about just product. Are they gonna have enough product on hand? And so they needed to take a deeper look at, you know, quantity on the shelf, um, how long that was lasting, how frequently they were ordering certain products. So there, there was a lot of attention to that. That seems to have, have become stable now. I'm not really hearing any concerns uh, about having pipe, you know, product in the pipeline, but we've definitely seen in brands uh, where they're you know, discontinuing certain products and maybe streamlining their menu a little bit to suit you know, the delivery and carry out aspect because you know, there's almost no dine in in QSR right now. So I think there's a, a real focus on that and, and hence a little deeper dive into, um, into their menu. One of the key themes, and you and I have had this conversation, one of the key themes we've been seeing and talking a lot about is this move to a, what we call a modern accounting department where potentially you're um, moving out of the transaction processing bank correct business and moving more into being able to analyze and use the data and make better decisions. So people might be saying, okay, I'm not gonna have the, the AP clerks and the AR clerks and the bank rec clerks and those kind of people. I'm gonna have a CFO and, a, and an analyst who can help me interpret the data and make these kind of decisions we're talking about. Are you seeing kind of some of the same thing? Absolutely. That's what I was alluding to you know, earlier when I was talking about you know, the, the, the new investors really focusing on operations. Um, yeah, they're, they're a very sophisticated you know, group that are, that are looking to either grow their restaurant holdings or get into the restaurant industry. And their, their desire for higher level of data, higher level of analysis really requires that they go to a, you know, a, a quality organization like you know, Bennett Thrasher uh, and use systems that give them the data that they need to uh, work with. Um, and so, you know, while we still see a lot of, you know, long-term, you know, 15, 20 year franchises using accounting systems that are, you know, very old, uh, they're even looking now uh, at, at newer systems. So definitely 
there's a, a big push to both BPO um, support and making sure that those outsource groups have current technology. Well, I think uh, that's about time to wrap things up. Uh, Bruce, I really appreciate, again, you coming on the show. Uh, any Anything last minute, words of wisdom you want to offer the audience? And then also, you know, anything you want to talk to us about the about One Data Source and how people can reach you if they're interested in talking more? Sure. Always happy to share how, how people can reach us. Um, probably the easiest way is just OneDataSource.com, just all spelled out, uh, no spaces or hyphens. And, you know, I've, I've, you mentioned labor, really have to give credit to the, the QSR operators that, that we've been involved with, you know, talking about better labor scheduling and more attention. You know, really a lot of that has been around making sure that they keep people employed, they keep people working uh, and support their staff and their families the, the best they can. I've really been impressed by the, by the industry and their attention to taking care of, of their internal staff um, so they can obviously take care of their customers. Um, and then I think, you know, there's a lot of optimism in, in the QSR vertical. And while, yeah, there, there's certainly a lot of struggle out there, um, the vertical as a whole, I think, is, is doing pretty well. And, you know, we'll, we'll see recovery probably quicker than casual dining, fine dining, certainly. Um, and so I think it you know, creates a lot of opportunity for you know, all levels of you know, investors, employees, uh, and you know, vendors like us uh, to the article. Absolutely. Well, again, thanks, Bruce. Um, this is John Yeager again signing off uh, this episode of Think Business. Um, you can reach me at uh, Bennett Thrasher, uh, btcpa.net. Um, or hashtag think business. Uh, please let us know if you have any thoughts or comments and uh, look forward to the next episode. Thanks again, Bruce. Thanks a lot, John. Talk to you soon.